0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 57 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. As always, I'm Colin Strickler, I'm your host. start the show the same way we do every week, that's by jumping in the breakdown. Breakdown's a weekly roundup of news in MLR, North America, America, and World Rugby, of course. Uh, So the first little bit of news we want to jump into today always starts with MLR. Uh, this week, the news isn't as spicy as it was last week. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but uh, the big news out of MLR this week is that uh, on Wednesday, MLR announced Guy Hagan as a Director of Youth Development. Uh, so I'll go ahead and read you this release. Major League Rugby appoints Director of Youth Development. And another in uh, and another important step for grassroots rugby growth, MLR has appointed Guy Hagen as Director of Youth Rugby Development. Hagen currently is the executive director of the Legion Community Foundation and the chief operations officer for San Diego Legion. A former rugby player since 1990, Hagen previously served as youth rugby coach for 12 years and youth club administrator for eight years. Hagen is working with teams across MLR as well as with USA Youth and High School Rugby, the state governing bodies, and other community organizations to strengthen the youth development pathways in the U.S. and Canada in coordinating efforts with the state governing bodies, Hagan plans to get flag rugby into the PE curriculum of 10,000 elementary and middle schools in the U.S. within the next three years. Additionally, discussions are underway to have flag rugby leagues created in the United States and Canada to allow an easy entry point for kids to begin playing rugby at a young age. Quote, this new position signals a significant step in building rugby programs that will attract more fans to the sport, said Hagan. There are a lot of people around the U.S. and Canada that have put a lot of time and energy into growing the game. In my new role, I plan to connect them together and leverage the support of MLR while also creating more pathways for the next generation of rugby players, end quote. Along with the new director of youth development position, MLR has created grassroots development incentives that encourage MLR teams to develop and promote rugby participation in their respective markets in return for additional salary cap and or player protections. The incentives are as follows. Youth development to grow participation for children, boys, and girls under the age of 14 in the team's market. Additional salary cap to be awarded based on number of participants. High school academy team to form a high school academy team for players aged 15 through 18 with a focus on an organized training environment and competitive games. Developmental Academy Team, to form a developmental academy team to act as a feeder to the respective MLR team with a focus on an organized training environment and competitive games. Homegrown player designation, the ability for a team to protect a player from MLR allocation process, uh, such as the collegiate draft, by developing said player through the team's high school or developmental academy teams. Learn more about the MLR's team youth programs, grassroots development incentives, and the 2021 salary uh, incentive options uh, by following that link that, that's in the release. So thing I find interesting about the, all this is the incentives that they put in. Um, it's a unique thing that that could help some teams out and you know, just gives them more of a reason to to give this their best effort. Uh, it seems like a good move all around, something that will pay off in the long run if they stick to the plan and uh, it all goes as planned. So, uh, some exciting news out of the MLR on that front. Like I said, not as spicy as last week by any means, but uh, good news nonetheless. So, good for MLR, good for these teams for jumping on board with this, and, and uh, hopefully it works out. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention that uh, I remembered after I hit stop recording on this is there's an update to the Raptor tracker. Uh, Robbie Petzer, the Dallas Jackals announced on Thursday on Twitter and Instagram, all their social media platforms at Robbie Petzer. Uh, former Raptor, of course, has signed to play with the Dallas Jackals in 2021. If you remember, Robbie came on the show back in July, I think, June or July, uh, and talked about how he was going to go play in Japan for the Tokyo Gas. Uh, I know I asked him in that interview if there was any possibility about him linking up with his uh, former BFF, Carlo D'Neishan, in Dallas, and and he said he wasn't ruling anything out if if something had happened and he wasn't able to make it to Japan. And, of course, COVID happened, and and COVID – continues to to mess up everyone's plans for this year and and now next year. So Robbie is headed to Dallas to play with the Jackals in 2021. We wish Robbie the best of luck. uh, And the Raptor Tracker has been updated, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, So with that, we're going to jump to the second part of the breakdown. Uh, this little bit of news comes from USA Rugby, and that's that Christine Summer uh, returns to the Harlequins women's team. So she is the fourth women's Eagle playing in the Lions Premier 15s right now. She joins Gabby Cantorna, Janine Duncan, and Kate Zachary, who are all already over there uh, playing with Exeter Chiefs. I you know we talked about it on the show, so congrats to Christine. Wanted to make sure we included that in there. Um, and so with that, we go ahead and jump into the next part of the breakdown, which is uh, New Zealand's upcoming fixtures. Uh, so, Blood of Slow Cup, round three. I know if you read my description in the podcast last week, I messed up. I uh, was worried that I didn't mention it. And then when I went to look it up, it of course, they were on a bye week. So, big-time idiot move all around by me. But, hey, we're, we're back on the horse. Uh, so, they're playing round three this weekend, New Zealand versus Australia. Uh, blood of Slow Cup, round three. It can be streamed on ESPN Plus at 2.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Saturday morning. So, uh, I'm probably just going to watch it on demand when I wake up. not going to stay up that late. I would encourage you all to do the same thing. So that's what's coming up this weekend, and then we can, of course, talk about the next ones as they come along. But I'll round off the the fourth round of the Bledisloe Cup on Saturday, November 7th, um, of course, against Australia. And then on the 14th, Blacks will be taking on Argentina. They'll have a week off, and then they'll finish up uh, this Tri-Nations rugby uh, against Argentina on uh, November 28th, and of course we will talk about all that stuff as we get closer in the weeks that precede those matches. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with, with New Zealand rugby. I'll talk about the World 10 Series a little bit. I know we mentioned it on the show the last few weeks. I wrote a little tiny article about it. Um, But some kind of cool news out of Bermuda in the World 10 Series. So round two of the World 10 Series was supposed to take place on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. But the matches have been moved to Monday and Tuesday to allow SX-10 out of Cape Town the opportunity to play after a member of their team popped a positive COVID test before the opening matches of the tournament last weekend. Um, I think that happened on Friday morning. So they had to sit out the first round of the tournament um, they forfeited all their matches, but they stayed there. Uh, all the other players on the team have tested negative, so they've just been training the best of their ability in their little bubble while the one positive player remains in isolation. So they moved these matches to two days later than they were normally going to be played so that these guys could get in uh, some of their tournament, which is nice to see. Um, so those matches now will start at 7 a.m. on Monday morning, run until about 1 p.m., um, and then back again on Tuesday, it looks like it's 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, and again, we'll run until 1 a.m. to wrap up round two. And then the championship matches, I believe, are supposed to start. They're supposed to take place on November 7th. So, again, we'll talk about that next weekend as we get a little closer to that. And then, again, all those matches can be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so it might not be a, little, a bad little thing to throw on while you're doing your work, getting ready for work playing hooky from work, whatever you're doing on Monday and Tuesday morning. So uh, we'll go ahead and jump into the next part of the breakdown. That's the Guinness Pro 14 fixtures. Uh, those will be, again, on ESPN Plus. So the first match of this weekend will take place on Sunday, November 1st, at 9.30 a.m. Uh, that's Connacht and Benetton. And then we have Scarlets playing on Sunday as well at 11.45 a.m. Uh, Scarletts taking on Edinburgh. Then we have Zebra versus Ospreys on Monday at 12.15 p.m. And then Glasgow Warriors versus Leinster again on Monday at 1.15 p.m. So some nice lunchtime rugby for you on Monday. And then uh, some rugby to kick off your Sunday morning. Uh, It's been the best way for me to start football Sunday, watch a little rugby, uh, and then get into your NFL game. So uh, then the last little bit of fixture news we got for you this weekend is the Six Nations wraps up. We talked a little bit about the Six Nations on last week's show. Um, But we've got round five, Wales versus Scotland on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. And then Italy takes on England on Saturday at 10.45 a.m. And then France closes it all out against Ireland at 2.05 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Of course, those are all Mountain Time, and you can stream all those matches on Peacock. Signed up for Peacock last week, like I mentioned. It's been uh, very intuitive, pretty easy to watch stuff. Downloaded it straight to my TV. So I would recommend you doing that, too. And it's cheaper than Rugby Pass, which is nice. I think it's 5 bucks a month, and Rugby Pass was, I think, around $12. So uh, that kind of wraps up the breakdown, so we'll go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show. So this week we've got Peter Pask, who's the manager of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy. He's been the manager here at Glendale for the last few years and someone that I've gotten to know pretty well very recently as, as Glendale continues to build out this program. Um, and I thought Peter had some very interesting things to say in this conversation uh, about how he's helped recruit players to this program and build it up to to the stage it's at now, and just kind of he talks about how the idea originated and and what they've all been doing during covid to to give this thing a legit shot to go on here in the next few weeks. Um, so if you've been if you listen to the show I did with Mark Bullock, very similar., uh, just kind of got Peter's perspective on all that. Again, the Rugby town crossover Academy. Uh, we'll we'll get started here on November seventeenth. It'll be a week long camp. Just kind of get these guys out here with the ball in their hands, learning some of the basics of the game, and uh, send them home with some stuff to work on. And and you'll hear Peter talk about what the plan is for the next year or so in this conversation. So I know I'm really looking forward to this whole thing. I'm I'm looking forward to making some content out of it, and then just seeing where it goes. Uh, once they get this thing this thing rolling here in the next few weeks so very good conversation with Peter I certainly enjoyed it I hope you will all enjoy it as well so with that we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with manager of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy Peter Pask all right now welcome onto the show Glendale rugby manager Peter Pask Peter how are you doing Doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking the time to join me. I'm looking forward to the chat. There's a lot I want to get into, but the first question uh, we ask everybody that comes on the show is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, born and raised here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, So one of the few that are actually from here, but yeah, um, yeah, grew up here.
0: (laughs) I hear you. I am too. You don't meet very many uh, natives anymore. Uh, So when and how did you get into rugby?
1: Uh, So my dad played rugby. He was on a rugby team in Northwestern in college. Uh And then after moving back to Denver, started playing with the uh, Littleton Harlequins back Mm -hmm. then, and then it became the Denver Harlequins. Yeah.
0: So then, uh, so it's just something you played from when, when age did you start playing?
1: So, you know, growing up watching games and like playing, you know, watching my dad play, like I played in like an under 10 rugby game. So early rugby for me. And then I started actually playing senior year of high school after football was over.
0: Nice. Uh, Where did you go to high school?
1: I went to Ponderosa High School in Parker. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We played Ponderosa a couple times. Um, So can you kind of take us through your rugby career? So you're playing at Ponderosa, then you go up to CU, is that right?
1: Yeah, correct. So, you know, our our football coach was also the track coach, so he wasn't into letting us play rugby. I would have loved to have played when I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. Um, But once football was done um, and it didn't look like I was going to be getting a scholarship or anything – uh, rugby started, and you know, I had such a great time with it my senior year. Um, and then I already knew I was going to CU for t- architectural engineering, right? Um, and ended up playing there four years there, and just loving it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, do you have a favorite rugby memory?
1: Yeah, I mean, I-, I would say several, but like you know, even just growing up around rugby, like going to the mountains with my dad, and you know, basically tournaments in Aspen or Breckenridge or Vale. Yeah. Um, so, kind of my You know, for me, getting to play in a game with my brother who played rugby as well at CU and played, was an All-American. Getting to play with him in Aspen for kind of like my final game, which was more of a social thing. Yeah. Uh, He passed me a score, you know, a try. (laughs) So my dad watching. So for
0: me, that was probably one of my favorite moments for me personally. awesome. I like that. I like asking people that because it's always so different, so. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. Can you kind of explain like how you got your job and I guess like how long have you worked here and and what is it exactly that you do for the people that are unaware?
1: Yeah, so I I worked, obviously played rugby at Glendale um, back in the day, like 2008, 2009, 2010, um, but back then I was still having to work as an engineer, as a salesman, um, but I started looking for other things to do than sales, something that I would like more. So I went and actually worked up at CU football Mm -hmm. and I emailed coach Brian Cabral up there, a uh, linebacker coach who was up there for 20 years, like six different head coaches. Uh, He's like an institution up there. So I got to work with him up there directly and doing recruiting Mm -hmm. and found out that I really loved doing it. It was great. Um, So then years and years later, I kind of reached out to Mark Bullock, who was my coach here when I played here. And just said, hey, you know, this MLR thing is amazing. Like, I'm loving watching it. And if there's any way I can just help out, you know, I'd love to help. So him and I started talking and doing some recruiting stuff, some film type stuff. And that's right. basically how I ended
0: up getting the job. Yeah, and that kind of leads into the, to perfectly to the next question. Because that's kind of what your, your day has consisted of most recently. Is that that's correct, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool.
1: So obviously, you know, like MLR has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so our focus has changed and it's kind of funny for me cause it's, it's changed to like what I love doing, right. um, you know, day to day, like now we're recruiting American athletes, which in MLR, we were recruiting foreigners. Like mm-hmm. that was what yeah. we had to do to survive and right. to win. So, um, it's funny, like the job, even though from the outside looking in, you would think like, um, oh man, it's unfortunate. They're not in the MLR anymore. But for me, it's like becoming even more of a dream job than it already was. Right. Because we're getting to go through this process of recruiting on a day-to-day basis and, like, finding guys that
0: maybe have never even really heard of rugby and, like, bringing them into it, which is, you know, super fun. Right. And so you're talking about this Rugby Town Crossover Academy, which if you listen to the show a couple weeks ago, we had Mark Bullock on. He explained that, the ins and outs. But I would like to hear from your perspective. So can you kind of talk about how long this idea has been in the works? Yeah. Well, and I
1: mean, I would think a lot of people listening and just a lot of rugby fans in general – the idea has been in our heart and our minds for a long time. You know, my dad and I used to talk about, you know, what if they took the Alabama crimson tide and with all their resources and all their athletes and had them play rugby for a year, how good could they be? Right. And I think we all think they could be pretty good. And like, you know, so obviously they're not going to do that. Um, But luckily, you know, with the setup here with the city and the facilities that we have here, we can do it. We can take that risk to, to see and to test this theory. So I think, you know, It was always an idea in, you know, Mark and Mayor Donovan's mind as well of, like, how to make this, like, you know, um, get better athletes in here. And and they've been doing that for, you know, 15 years here, and it's been working great. This is just now a new extreme effort of basically saying, like, we're putting our, you know, foot in the sand. We're going to test something here. It may look crazy from the outside looking in, yeah. Um, and and we're hoping like we get to su- surprise some people, and it like ends up being something that um, you know can actually maybe help make a difference. You know, obviously we love. I played college rugby. Mm-hmm. We love all the people that are already playing rugby, and there's already people working on youth rugby and all these things. So those people are growing the game from that way, and mm-hmm. we're looking just to try to grow it in a little bit yeah. additional different direction that can maybe hopefully help supply some players either for MLR teams or for um, even obviously the USA national team or European teams.
0: Right. And I think that you put that beautifully because it is just attacking it from a different angle that people really haven't tried or haven't, you know, had the resources or the, you know, anything like that, the staff, the manpower, the time to do that. Um, So can you kind of explain how you've gone about it from your Role like, how have you gone about recruiting? Where have you gone to find players? Who have you talked to? Like, can you speak on um, the last few years, you know, establishing relationships with college programs, strength yeah. and conditioning coaches? I know you've is a big avenue you've got through. So, can you just kind of go talk about how you've done all that? Like, yeah. where you've looked to find these guys? Because I've seen the dad base firsthand and it's extensive, it's huge, and yeah, it had to take time. So, just wonder if you could talk about that. Yeah, and it's, it's cool. Like,
1: I mean. You know, we we had a call early on, call it like March, right after MLR was over, and we talked with USA Bobsled um, head recruiting coach, and he gave great advice. Like he was like, you know, we're doing this. We were in. I, I forget what the show was called, like the next Olympic hopeful, yeah, yeah. right? And, like they had rugby guys doing that as well. Right. So obviously, like Dan Pain, like people in World Rugby, um, high performance, like they've been doing this. USA Rugby's been doing this as well. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to add our effort here. Um, you know, to make it, to build a team here that's just us.
0: And I don't mean to cut you off, but even just like that idea, like how do you get that idea to reach out to the Bob USA bobsled? Like, yeah, and that that's was, something that I would never think to do ever.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's one of the that was one of our strength and conditioning coaches on our team that basically said, "Hey, this is a contact I have. Okay, you know, and let's talk yeah. to this guy and just see what he does." Right. So ultimately, like you're saying, like it just all comes down to connections, contacts, like building relationships, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to take a while, like. Our coaches, you know, and the number one, I would say, takeaway we got from that call with USA Bobsled was um, that every coach on your staff should be recruiting pretty much all year, every year, right? Right. And that was, like, a great initial takeaway because it was like, oh, okay, so, like, I don't have to do this alone or, like, let's get all the coaches involved because, like, um, at the end of the day, they're going to have to coach these guys anyways. So, like, you know, for them to be on the phone, for them to be looking at video, for them to be looking at film – then when the guy gets here, they can't blame me for like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, everybody isn't working out. right? Yet. Yeah, we all looked at this guy. We all wanted to like sign off on that we think he has a, a chance to really, and this isn't going to be easy, like crossing over to no, rugby, sure. it's going to take crazy hard work. Just because you played for Alabama or you played in the NFL or these types of guys, like it doesn't mean that they can just immediately pick up rugby. We all know that, right? It's going right. to take certain types of guys. So yeah, I think... We know that we need to go out and make relationships with SNC coaches and with football coaches and basketball coaches and wrestling coaches and we're doing that, but that kinda takes a little longer and we're we're slowly right developing those relationships. We have some from the past, so yeah, you know, but the the idea for the database is we need a team now, you know, and we're building the team of 30 to 40 guys out of nothing. Right. Yeah. So a way for us to also do that is to reach out directly to the players. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we basically just started going through and looking at college rosters and basically picking off, you know, seniors that had just graduated, maybe Mm -hmm. even guys that had graduated two years ago. Right. Um, You know, and ultimately just looking at them, you know, from football, wrestling and basketball, and kind of looking at the heavier-weighted guys, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, rugby, you know, an initial step that helped us a lot was USA Rugby kind of has some guidelines of guys that they're looking for for people at each position. So call it strength metrics, weight metrics, you know, not really height as much, but, like, definitely weight is a factor in rugby. So, um, you know, a big part of it is, like, you know, we kind of joke around here, but, like, we'd love to have a team full of players that, you know, there's no mediums on the team and Mm -hmm. there's – you know it's mostly guys over two hundred pounds, right? Yeah. and um, and really it ends up being guys like over two ten, two twenty two thirty
0: mm-hmm.
1: that in the USA guidelines to meet their weight standards, that would be two thirty or two fifteen or two twenty would be thirteen of the fifteen positions on the field, right? Yeah. just different heights and different speeds and things. so um, we've just gone through starting at Division one schools and then going to Division two and even some division three um, and just looking you know for guys putting them into this database, and then what you and I have done and, then, and a, a lot of the rest of our staff has done together is basically look for Instagram or Twitter accounts mm-hmm. to then reach out to them with our, you know, Colorado Raptors or you know, Rugby Town, yeah. um, you know, account and basically just write to them and say, hey, we have this opportunity potentially for you. We're putting on a mini-camp or a tryout. Yeah. You know, it's not a combine. Like, we've already seen your stats. You've mm-hmm. already been recruited to play Division One football. Like, we want to we, see you we, here. We
0: know you're good at sports. We know you're athletic. We want you to try try rugby, right? Exactly. Like, in, yeah.
1: You know, like it's it's more like this is a recruiting trip where it's like, come here, mm-hmm. see our facility, you know, see our coaches. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's see if you like rugby, you mm-hmm. know, and then like we want to see your character. We want to see your values, your work rate. You know, do you have that mindset of like? you know, wanting to go learn something new, you mm-hmm. know? Right. And so is this the right fit for you, really? Like, and there's no strings attached. It's like, come out, check it out. Um, you know, and we'll be doing it multiple times a year. Yeah. Um, every year, right? This will be, we'll be adding to this team, you know, constantly. And it's great. Like, we're, we're getting great, I mean, amazing feedback so far. Yeah. An amazing response. And, you know, it takes a little bit of numbers right now because, like, you just never, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons that this wouldn't work out for you if you just got married and have kids or, mm-hmm. You know, you're just not wanting to get, you know, physically beat up in a sport anymore. Like, cause we're sitting there telling you like, this is like a five to seven year, 10 year process of becoming a long-term professional, you know, career in rugby. So like, you got to have that mindset that like, you know, you want to transfer over and have something new, you know, be involved in your life. And we're we're finding, like, we just had a guy, Ryan Cloud, who's come to the camp. He wrestled at Ryder University and he sent me a picture last night. He was out at a high school rugby practice, like trying to learn, right? Because it's like that's awesome. so this guy was on a division one wrestling scholarship. He's never played rugby in his life. Yeah. And he's walking out to a high school practice just to like learn basics before <laughs> he comes to this camp. You know, he's yeah. 6'6", 250, like a heavyweight wrestler, like Jeez. and you know, I mean, for us, that's like that's the kind of
0: guy you want work right. it's
1: gonna take, right? That's the kind of effort and mindset it's gonna yeah. take because it's not gonna be just like you come here and like your ego is so big and yeah you know, you immediately just should be playing in the MLR or something because, like, that's not Mm – you know, a lot of MLR teams, like, there's not a lot of spots open for American players. And, like, um, you know, they're not immediately just going to be able to, like, you know, throw a guy on a team just because he played at Alabama or whatever. Right.
0: For sure. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, Peter, I guess you can pick the next question. So do you want to talk about what your typical day looks like with this camp less than a month away, or do you want to talk about – because I feel like the, that question will lead into the other one. Is just like how – are you surprised with how well kind of the, the meetings and the calls have gone with these people and these coaches and stuff?
1: Yeah. I, the, the day-to-day is a lot of, like, you know, searching still for yeah. players, like on Twitter and Instagram, like, you know, in communications. You know, um, what, what I have enjoyed about it is, like, as soon as we can get a guy on the phone, right? you know, I've, I've sold a lot of different things in my life. I've sold <laughs> engineering equipment, you know, crane construction sales. Like yeah. this is something I actually believe in. And yeah. this is something like I love. Right. So we get them on the phone and like those calls tend to go really well. Like, As soon as we can actually get a guy on the phone, which isn't easy mm-hmm. to get a guy on the phone. But once we get them on the phone and kind of explain what we're doing here, they're like, wow, this is like this is an amazing opportunity like, yeah. And you know, our pay and our compensation, like it's on par with some of these, obviously not NFL, but like, right. you know, XFL, CFL, mm. those are the caliber athletes that are coming to this and they're, they're sitting there going, wow, like housing, food, pay, like mm-hmm. insurance, like this is a pretty good setup. So it's just been, it's been great that like the city of Glendale, you know, and this organization has put us in a position that we have the, the funds to be able to sell the right caliber of athlete that we're going to need to take a hundred percent crossover team and go play teams around the country and then internationally. Right. Like, um, so it's good. It's like, it's, we're able to, you know, we're able to sell enough, you know, that to get the right people here. So it's, it's making it pretty fun for sure.
0: Yeah. I think the the thing that's interested me, I know just from talking to you in the past is like how receptive that these strength and conditioning coaches are these, these people that you're reaching out to at these, Division One programs have been. I don't, and I, I don't even know like why I can't really wrap my head around that. But that's been kind of cool for me just hear secondhand about how you're, you know, you're working with with all these people. And I guess that kind of leads into the the next question I wanted to ask is just, um, can you explain like the relationship with the Spring League, like how that all started and how big of a help they've been to you and and, and the whole team as you're getting this rolling? Yeah, yeah. And so, you can talk too if you if you want about no out yeah next week. and it's
1: and it's so cool right because like we don't know. We don't know. Like, you know, I was reading an article on the XFL and why it went bankrupt. And at the very bottom of this very long article, you know, there was a mention of this league, the spring league, and I'd never heard of them. I was like, oh my gosh, like we've been kind of looking for combines and other things to go to. Um, so I just emailed them. I said, hey, we have a coaching staff. We'd love to come out to your, you know, your combine or camp. And they immediately wrote back and it was in COVID. And they said like, hey, like, we're actually looking for a facility to hold our next combine. And, like, we looked at your facility. It looks amazing. So they ended up coming out here. I think it was June that they came out here. Um, I think it was, like, 200, 300 guys that we got to look at immediately. And we have, you know, several guys from that camp coming to this, you know, know, Mandel Dixon, who was a – uh, he played for the Steelers like right. know, he was in the NFL like, <laughs> and he is he's pumped he's out like we've got him looking at um, you know number two hooker yeah. and like he's out there throwing you know uh, lineouts on his own like practicing right. like he showed me his first throws ever and he hit the po- the goal post twice in a row right you know with his first throw so it's like um, it, it's a cool connection so like and they've grown you know they're on TV now they're on Fox Sports one they've just signed this new deal so um, coach Pete Borles and I are going out there. Um, next week to go, um, you know, to San Antonio, to the Alamo, Alamo Dome to look at, they have six teams playing there. So it's yeah. 300 players. And these are, these are guys that are right on the outside looking in and like they're what I, what we like about like the spring league and, you know, combines like that, like the national scouting combine and the American, um, Combine the Q camps is like yeah these are guys that are paying to go to these things right that's how much they love rugby like these guys are hard workers I mean sorry that's how much they love football right you know and like they're paying to go to these camps they're paying to get film and what we're telling them is like hey come play here get film yeah you know like we're gonna pay for your housing we're gonna pay for you you know come come try this and like yeah you know if it works out for you where you end up the film works out to you where you get in the xfl or maybe even the nfl or something like that's a win for all of us here like you're basically um you know that's a positive for everybody because it's like you came here Mm -hmm. you you tried something and you know maybe this is in your back pocket for after or maybe it just turns into a career right now as well so yeah
0: and then i know it's like you've said before if if anything it's just a way to stay in shape and and learn you know to sharpen your skills learn new skills and, and like you said maybe just maybe they fall in love with it and they yeah. are on the national team in yeah. a couple of years. And, so. like, what we're noticing is we
1: get these guys on the phone and they're working, like, two jobs. Like, they're working as an Amazon delivery guy and they're working at yeah. a restaurant and they're, they're working their butt off to pay, A, to be 280 pounds, like, to eat that <laughs> to much eat, food, yeah. to, you know, to pay trainers, to to work with agents, to pay to go to combines, to get film, to get in front of coaches when football, it's like, it's it's a big expense until you're in, you know? Yeah. So if we can help guys by them coming and continuing that type of stuff here while they play rugby with us, yeah. Um, you know, and if it works on the rugby end for us, that's great, obviously. And if it, you know, works on the football end as well, like, that's great. Because, like, mm-hmm. we're not sitting there trying to tell these guys, like, their dreams should just be over. Like, this was their dream for a long time. Yeah. And they were literally right on the front door, like, knocking mm. And they, for whatever reason, you know, may not be there anymore. So yeah. it's a, it's good to have, to keep the opportunity
0: open. For sure. Um, can you uh, how, tell us how many people have committed to the camp here in a couple of weeks?
1: Yeah. So I'd say we have, you know, we're, we're kind of capping the number right around 40. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, with COVID and things like we have, you know, our COVID like requirements and stuff. So we may even right now have to like break that down into like two groups of 25 right, right. or less or whatever, um, you know, and basically, um, you know, we I would say we have around thirty to thirty five that have like they've sent their travel information, they're they you know they're coming, right? Yeah. So we're kinda of filling in a few of those last spots. Um, you know, and like um the thing that looking for at the moment is like some taller athletes, like right. you know, we've got a few six six and six five and six four guys. Um so we're kinda of looking for a few you know, and it's always that struggle of like <laughs> any mlr program anywhere you know any rugby program like finding these six seven six eight type lock type players or even just back rowers or things um so we're looking for a few guys like that currently and we're getting some responses and talking them through stuff um and you know what we're telling guys too is for the right kind of guys like you know you went to lsu you played football at a high level um you know you're not able to make this camp Like, we'll bring you in here for a one-day recruiting trip with our coaches. Like, Mm -hmm. we'll look at you. We'll run you through some drills. And, like, even in that little amount of time, we can tell enough to be like, hey, we want you to come here, live here full-time. So it's really like a recruiting trip for, you know, and we'll be doing that throughout the year as we, you know, because we're going to sign 30, 35, 40 players to contracts starting in January for our domestic season here, you know, January through May, playing in Texas, playing in California. Um, And there will be guys that – move in and out of that you know like maybe uh, they do get called up maybe the CFL decides to start and a few of them have to go right so then we'll have to bring some more players in so we'll be we'll be constantly having guys kind of in reserve and having guys you know ready to come in so that we're not left you know without
0: a team here all right I know we've kind of talked about a bunch of different little goals but if you if you had to put one big goal what, what would you say the overall goal of the program is?
1: I mean, I would say the overall goal of the program is to find players that can play in a USA national team, World Cup team. Mm -hmm. So it's a very unselfish goal. It has nothing to do with the Colorado Raptors. Like, you know, if we could look back in eight years or whatever and we see five or seven guys that we helped bring into the sport that are playing on that team on that stage, U.S. wins one or two games, maybe they get out of pool play, Mm -hmm. and we're sitting there going, hey, we helped move the needle here. Like, we helped – affect what's happening in rugby in the U S you know? And so it's a, I think it's a very unselfish goal. It's like, yeah, that's our true mission here is like, and that's what we tell these players. Like this is going to be a transition, right? You're not going to be coming in just getting paid a bunch of money. Like you've never played rugby in your life. Like, mm-hmm. but you are going to get housing. You are going to get food. You are going to get a stipend. You're going to get, you know, living, yeah. you know, expendable money. And like our goal for you is to be playing on the U S national team to be playing in Europe to be playing in an MLR team or, or playing for us. Yeah. Um, and of, our real goal for you is to be playing on that US national team to help the US win a World Cup, right? So that's right. like the ultimate goal. Now we all know that's a huge goal, but yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna do this for the next 15, 20 years, however long it takes and onward, right? And yeah. hopefully we keep even if we find one guy a year, like that starts really, you know, moving the needle for the the national team.
0: Right. And I guess that kind of plays into the last question I have for you before I let you go, Peter, is why should people be excited about this program? And I asked the same question to Mark, so I, I rephrased it a little bit. It was like, you can speak for you, you really can't speak for, like, everybody, I guess. So why, why are you excited about this program?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said a little bit of it, like, I'm super excited about it because it's something that... A, I would have never thought I would have got the chance to do, mm-hmm. right? And, like, B, like, it's something that I think a lot of American rugby fans have thought about mm-hmm. in their back of their mind, right? What if you took high-level, you know, American football players, basketball players, those types of guys, um, and had them playing rugby, right? So yeah. I think for our fans here, like, we're going to be playing here in the city. Like, they're going to come watch these guys, and it's going to be, like, it's going to be names they know. It's going to be, like, you know, yeah. wow, I'm watching – you know, like we're talking to No. Sean Moreno, we're talking to T.J. Ward, like trying to get guys like that here. You know, obviously they're a little bit older, but like you know, get them in, get the stands filled with guys, and then we start creating this buzz, this kind of you know street cred that we're here. This is what we're doing, and then word of mouth will start going through these football players, and they'll be going, right. "Hey, man, like this there's this opportunity to play rugby, and like this guy did it three years ago, and now he's playing in Europe, he's." Playing for a you know a, a powerhouse rugby team in Europe, he's getting to travel the world. He's getting to do it. so. I would say the excitement for me is like I, I love what we're doing because I think we're gonna have a great team. Like we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna surprise some people, and um, this idea of us playing internationally and playing you know in Europe and stuff. Um, you know, it's just this great combination of like getting to do domestic stuff, right? You know, building an American product in rugby, and then getting to bring that and bring that abroad. Right. And we're doing this documentary, which I think is going to be really cool. Like basically NFL players trying to make it in rugby for, you know, UK audiences to watch. And I think Americans would watch it too, but like, yeah, you know, like there's just a lot going on that like, for me, um, we're kind of seeing it's like a small startup business. Like we're Mm -hmm. starting this right now and you know, we have amazing facilities and stuff already set up here that's been provided. So now we're getting to like, you know, take this in a direction that like, really, you know, can be something that, like, you know, we can be proud of, like, as Americans in the future, like, changing how the game's produced and watched and, you know, all these types of things that, like, can help Americans get more into this sport. Because, like, as we you and I both know, I'm in love with the sport. I think it's amazing, right? (laughs) And what's cool is, is, like, getting to look on those faces of a 280-pound defensive lineman, you know, like Jalen Robinson, who you know, he's been he's been playing defense for years. Like, as soon as he gets gets that ball in his hand, like, mm-hmm. he's going to get to score. Like, you get to do both things. Like, for guys, like, you know they're going to love rugby once they play right. it, too. So, I mean, we're, we've got a great product to sell, and I'm, I'm pumped. Like, so I think that this is going to be cool, cool to see it grow here. Um, and the future is awesome for us, I think.
0: Right, and I, I'm super excited about it. Oh, it's been fun to, to be up this close and personal and watch this kind of thing, whole thing come together. So... Looking forward to getting rolling here in a couple weeks. So that's all the questions I had for you, Peter. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, man. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with manager of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy, Peter Pask. Thank you again to Peter for taking the time out of his day to come chat with me for a little bit. Uh, It's like I say every week, the guests make the show. So big thank you to Peter for doing that. Um, again, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope you learned a little bit more about the program and, and you're a little bit more excited than you were going into that interview. So, uh, With that, we'll go ahead and jump into the required reading portion of the show. This week's required reading will actually be a, a little bit of a required listening. Um, there's some reading involved in it too, but uh, I know I haven't done the best job about covering and promoting the World 10 Series. Uh, I've mentioned it here and there, but uh, there's a good podcast out there, Bermuda 10s with Barry Herbert on rugbypickham.com. Um. They've done a nice job. Uh, you know, they got the team sheets together with all the, the clubs that these players play for. Uh, they, they've got, you know, people on talking, Barry Herbert on talking about the history of, of kind of rugby tens and uh, where the money's coming from, what the long-term goal is, how it's all built out. So it's a good it's a good podcast. Listen to it earlier this week. I would highly recommend that you all do as well, as that's kind of the closest thing we've got to, to rugby going on here in the United States. Um, but I, yeah, like I said, I checked it out earlier this week. Would re- recommend it to all of you as well. So, as always, I will include that link uh, to that podcast in the article that houses this podcast. So make sure you go check that out. Big shout out to Rugby Pick'em for doing their thing. So, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show same way we do every week with the loop. Uh, that's where I tell you what's going on with, with us here at the NVR Rugby. So, recorded some interviews with a few guys that will be attending the Rugby Town Crossover Academy here in November. I'm looking forward to putting those out here in the next week or so. Uh, I've got a few more on the way as well. And then on top of that, I've also done a few more podcasts with the women's national team, the women's Eagles, as they wrap up their uh, residency program at Infinity Park here in the next few weeks. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye out for all that stuff too. It's been fun talking to them about what camp's been like and, and how they're getting ready for the world cup here in a, in. in a week, it's a month closer, 11 months from now. So, uh, it's been fun getting to know them, talking to them about what they've been doing, and um, it's just ta- it's fun talking to anybody about who's training for anything right now during all this COVID stuff because it is it just makes it that much more difficult, that much more different, throws a wrench in everyone's plans, and I like hearing how everyone's adapting. So be sure to follow along with everything that we've got going on here at the NVR Rugby on Twitter at the NVR underscore Rugby at Colton Strickler. That's my personal account. And of course, be sure to check out all of our coverage at the DNVR.com. Just click on the little rugby thing in the drop down on the teams. You'll see a logo right there. Click on all that. That's how you get access to all, the, all the articles, all the podcasts, everything you want to know. Uh, so that's my show, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Peter Paskian for coming on, talking about the Rugby Town Crossover Academy a little bit more. Uh, I hope you all had a great day. Hope you all have a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. And I'll catch you all back here next week.